Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I Am Persuaded podcast. I'm Travis Shelton and I'm excited for the content that we have today. I'm sitting here with my cousin and fellow youth pastor, Josh Smith. Josh, it's good to have you with me today. Great to be here, Travis. Thank you for the opportunity. Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? Obviously, you're a youth pastor, but um, what church are you affiliated with? I'm with uh, Community Baptist Church, Pastor Mark Agan in Siler City. I've been on staff going on six years now. So tell us how long you've actually been doing youth ministry. Well, um, honestly, of course, I grew up in Sanford uh, at my home church. And uh, always, even as a as a young person, my youth pastor had a tremendous impact on me. And, uh, of course, I had surrendered to preach as a young man. But really, straight out of high school, uh, I came in and kind of started serving under my youth pastor. Uh, and from that point, for the most part, have been in it ever since. So uh, really about 20 years now. Well, amen. Much like my story, except I've only been in this thing for two or three years now, and I'm, I'm excited about what the Lord's doing in both of our ministries. And so as you, the listeners, already know, we're both full-time youth pastors, and we absolutely love what we do. Before we get into the content today, I want to say this right off the start. Our jobs, our lives have not been nearly as interrupted as healthcare workers and those on the front lines. So in no way are we trying to feel sympathy or get sympathy for us. We just simply would like to talk through ideas let our church families know how we're still ministering during this time, and let the parents of our teens know what our goals are for our youth group at this time, and possibly give some encouragement and help to other youth pastors or pastors that might listen to this in the future. With that being said, our conversation today will be focused around the idea of navigating or leading a youth ministry during a worldwide pandemic. Some of you might be asking why this title, and the simple answer is because I, as a youth pastor, I'm looking for help. And I'm sure there are others out there looking for this, looking for help in this very topic. And so I'll say right off the start, I in no way am acting like I have all the answers. Josh might act like he has all the answers, but I assure you we do not have all the answers for this question today. What we're going to do is answer just some simple questions that we have thought up together and how we have handled our youth ministry during this difficult time. Because many of you know there are not any books for how to lead a ministry through a worldwide pandemic. Josh, I don't know about you, but have you found any books to help you through this? There's nothing in our lifetime, even me being the old guy, there's nothing in, in our lifetime to compare it to. And, and you're exactly right. I find myself uh, spending more time on the phone, uh, text messaging with other youth pastors and pastors. Uh, we're in this thing together and bouncing ideas off of each other, uh, learning from each other and, and what's working uh, and trying to navigate. Uh, the bottom line is navigating through this thing to uh, for the cause of Christ. Amen. And as you said, there's not any books, not any programs that we can read to navigate us through this. And so what we have is each other. And so that's the point behind this podcast and the point behind this topic is we're just pinging ideas off of each other as youth pastors to see what we can do to benefit our teens. And I'll say this also, I just graduated Bible college with a bachelor's degree and I did not have any classes on how to lead a ministry through a pandemic. So this is brand new to all of us, whether you've pastored for 60 years or you've pastored for a couple of weeks, we're all new to this. And so what one pastor is doing, no, it's not wrong, and what the other pastor is doing is not right. We're all lead, following the Holy Spirit's lead through this, and so that's why we just want to go and ping off some ideas for each other. There's no need to cast stones at one ministry during this time. It should be a time of encouragement and building each other up and edifying the body of Christ and actually letting the church be the church. 
Josh, any comments on the title or anything else before we dive into the questions today? Well, I think, again, uh, from, from our president all the way down, these are uncharted waters. And so the more information we can share with each other and what's working, the better off that we're going to be. Exactly. I think you're spot on with that. So basically, this is going to be a conversation just between myself and Josh, two youth pastors, talking through some questions about how this virus has impacted our youth group and how it changes the way we minister to our teens. So with that being said, the title of the topic is Navigating a Youth Ministry During a Worldwide Pandemic. The first question we're going to discuss is how has this pandemic affected our youth groups personally? Josh, you want to take that one first? Sure. Uh, you know, I think obviously uh, with the older kids, it has affected them uh, in some ways very similar to our adults. Uh, there's several of our kids that uh, their jobs have been affected. Their hours have been cut. Uh, of course, all the school activities and the sports. My heart really goes out, uh, particular to the seniors this year. Uh, we have several in our class that um, have lost their spring sports, that things like junior, senior, uh, and even at this point, their graduations are are in jeopardy. And so my heart really goes out there. Uh, of course, in some good ways as well, it has trimmed some of the non-essentials. It's given them an opportunity to really take a, a value as adults as well, but uh, a value of what is important in life and what's not and, and what really is necessary uh, to live in my day-to-day -day life. Uh, it also has given them, of course, time to, to get into their Bible and prayer, which we're certainly encouraging. But I think it's also put a, a much bigger emphasis on social media. Uh, what an opportunity, uh, of course, we, we know that there's some uh, things that you can do on social media that are, are not pleasing or not of the Lord, but what a great time it is to have these platforms available to be able to encourage yourself and to encourage other people with the scripture. I think that I think you hit that question spot on. I mean, for all of our youth groups, it's kind of affected us the same way. Yeah. And so we've, we've been shut down. I mean, we can't meet on our normal Wednesday nights. I know we meet about the same time on Wednesday nights. We can't do that. We can't gather together. Uh, we have activities planned throughout the year that now might be canceled. We don't know. It's a week-by-week -week basis on what we can do with our teens. And so it's affected your youth group just basically how it's affected mine. Out of job, out of school, parents are now having to become homeschool teachers. And so it's just a huge change in the life of our teens and the life of our parents. It's caused us to stop our hobbies, stop what we enjoy watching on television, and it's kind of brought us as a group and a church, really, bigger than our youth group, just to a, a quick halt. And I think that's how it's affected us most is just the, the suddenness of how fast this took place and how it just stopped us right in our tracks. Well, you've many times you hear talk of the good old days, and nobody can ever define what those good old days are. Uh, but now with, with us not having the ability to go as we do and being such a society that can commute so easily, uh, it makes you wonder how well would we have done 100 years ago before all of our electronics and electricity even, uh, for that matter. Uh, it's really kind of put that into perspective for us. For sure, and I, I think back, and I know we talked about this the other day, in 1918, they had the huge influenza uh, pandemic, which is much like this in some way, but it killed well, like 50 million people and churches were shut right. down for, for four weeks. And so I imagine us having to do this then. And so we're very much blessed today with uh, the technology, as you brought up social media, we're highly relying on that today for us to get our gospel ministry out. And so uh, I can imagine having to do this without all of the technology that helps us today. 
Well, one of the reasons it's such a big deal to us as well is, uh, you know, I'm 39 years old now and uh, hard to believe I'm pushing 40, but uh, this really in my lifetime is the first time anything like this has happened. Now, 9-11, certainly that was a scare, uh, bought the airline industry and some big crowds down for a couple of days, but nothing long term. But when you look at it from a historic uh, historic point of view, uh, this isn't the first time it's happened in America, and and certainly worldwide. When you think of, uh, as you mentioned, the 1918 scare, and then uh, even some of the battles in cities with polio uh, in the early 1900s, World War One, or even World War Two, uh, particularly on the the West Coast after uh, the bombing of Pearl Harbor, there were certainly some interruptions in day to day life. We've just been blessed uh, for yeah. the last 30, 40, 50 years that we've not had these kind of interruptions. In our life that is for sure and i know you said it not in your lifetime have you seen anything like this and that's true in my life i mean i was alive during 9 11 but i vaguely remember anything about it and so this being especially for my generation and the youth i mean it's a huge thing and it's yeah. affecting all of our lives our parents our grandparents but i mean i just think of how our youth are feeling i mean like i was in high school not too long ago and all you can think about your senior year is getting done and you said it affects your seniors we're lucky this year we only have two seniors but i know they're affected by this and so, I mean, it's just something that we could have never imagined happening and how much it has affected our church and our youth group. All right, on to question number two. How did this affect our preparation as youth pastors, or how does this affect our preparation as youth pastors now? I'll start off on this one. Uh, it's caused us to rethink all of our methods, I believe. I mean, we're used to every week meeting on Wednesday nights at 7, getting together, hanging out, uh, playing games together, then going in for a Bible lesson or a sermon. And it's caused us to rethink all methods. I mean, so now we're not going out trying to invite our kids to our specific place. Like, I know typically on my week-to-week, I go and visit three different schools. I mean, I go to two uh, elementary schools, and I go to a high school. And there I'm heavily inviting people to my youth group on Wednesday nights. And so in my preparation, it's, it's changed my methods, how I invite to youth group, how I go out and minister to the kids. Because right now, I mean, I can't go hang out with them like I want to. I can't go... Uh, talk to them like I want to at their school. And so it's changed everything there between our methods, but it's caused me as a youth pastor in my preparation for what I'm presenting to the kids or my content that I'm presenting to the kids uh, on Wednesday nights. I'm more prayerful and I'm more intentional with the messages. And so typically, uh, I mean, I've been known to be long-winded, and so I can go 30 to 45 minutes typically on a Wednesday night. But now that they're having to watch over Facebook Live, I'm having to try to be slower and try to be more intentional with my words and not preach as long, but preach shorter messages. Because I believe the attention span there is a big thing. And uh, just trying to be more intentional with the words and be deeper in my study and my personal devotion has really grown during this time, I must say. So what about you? Well, it certainly forces us to think outside the box. I mean, we're we're trying to think of ways, as you mentioned, that we've never thought about before, and it's out of necessity. Uh, Certainly creative ways to connect with people. Uh, Google Meetings, there's been much made about Zoom. Uh, Just any way to, to connect with people and to have the best face-to-face experience that we can uh, with the technology we have. And uh, it's also put a a huge emphasis on the tech side of things. I mean, now every youth pastor in America has a minor in technology all of a sudden uh, that maybe just a few weeks ago many were not prepared for. Uh, But it does put such an emphasis on your content, particularly with us using Zoom. uh, We're using the free version of it. And so uh, with that, we can have up to 100 participants, but we also have a 40-minute time limit as well. 
well. Yeah. Uh, and so, as you said, being very, very conscious of that, um, it really drives the importance of your content. It's not a time for a lot of the fluff. Uh, it's really time to get in there uh, and to, to focus on the message and what the Lord's put on your heart. For sure. For sure. And so going to question number three, how have we stayed connected with our group through this time? And so staying connected with our youth group, even before this virus started, I mean, that's important. It's important for us to stay connected. So I'll let you take the lead on this one. How have you, and you've mentioned a couple of those already, but how have you stayed connected with your group? Well, certainly we've talked about Zoom and uh, Google Meetings. Those are important. We're using Zoom with our youth group. Uh, it's been kind of fun, actually. What we've been doing is meeting three times a week um, during the evenings with our kids. And uh, just as kind of a, a surprise and a a spirit picker upper if I could use that phrase uh, we've been having a different uh, special guest on most of our nights uh, different preachers from not just our local area but uh, around the country and coming in and giving us a devotion sharing their heart and our kids have responded real well to that and of course that interaction of seeing each yeah. other face to face there um, over the the computer but then we you know we've used uh, we have a program called flock mode at our church I, yeah. I know that you guys have something similar but it's just a messaging system device it out uh, church-wide and then you can go in Sunday school and certainly our youth group has that texting uh, but I still believe that that personal touch that that voice over the phone yeah. uh, is such such an important deal and uh, even today my wife and I uh, were at the table writing out some cards just just that personal touch to let people know uh, that you still care about them I think that personal touch I think it plays a part even before this virus, I mean, oh, especially yeah. for teens, I mean, they want to know someone cares. And so in our connection, if it's just more than a text message, I'm like, wow, you really care about me. And when building that trust, I think is huge. And we've had a lot of time to do that before this. And so now it's causing us to rethink the ways we're doing it. And so, yeah, the way we're staying connected is basically the same way. I mean, heavily relying on the Internet, encouraging phone calls, text, uh, group. And one-on-one, -on -one, we're doing it as a large group here, meeting with our whole youth group. But then I'm trying to take FaceTimes with just individual kids, just to talk to them, see how their day's going, see what's discouraging them, see what, uh, might, what, what they might be having trouble with during this time. Because, I mean, they've went from staying in school, and now they're online school. And so their world's shaking. Yeah. Their world's upside down. And so they need a voice of encouragement coming into their life. And I believe it's heavily important uh, to stay connected with our group. Uh, so we've still been meeting uh, Facebook Live and Zoom, like you said, and I heard something the other day, back to what you said in the second question, uh, we're now we're relying heavily on Facebook and technology, and so we're all experts in technology. I heard someone say, uh, when Facebook first came out, he was a youth pastor, and he was preaching against Facebook, and now here we are having to, as youth pastors, rely on Facebook to get out our gospel message, and so it's just neat how God works these things out, that he's given us this technology that can be used as a toy or can be used as sinful methods, but also right now it's used as a fantastic tool to reach our youth groups and to reach our churches for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm convinced on that, that uh, had the Apostle Paul been living in these days uh, and had access to a computer or a, a phone in his cell there uh, as he um, went about his day, that he would have used these same methods to get his gospel message to as many of the churches as he could instead of a, just a handwritten letter, which is what he had at the time. I think so. I think everything we've been given now, all this technology, all these methods, they can be used as, as a simple a tool for the Christ. And a lot of times we use them as toys just to satisfy our personal longings or whatever. But, I mean, they can be used as Christ has given them to us to present the gospel and to get the gospel out there. Anything else on that question before we move on? No, sir. 
All right, question number four. Why is it important to stay connected with your group? And this kind of goes right in with question number three. But um, I think just as I talked earlier, connection builds trust. I mean, even before this virus, without connection, there's no trust there. And we need that connection or trust with our groups so that they can better, we can better discern how to minister to our teens. And so it's in those moments of one-on-one time after Bible study on Thursday nights at my house where a teen will open up to me about something they're struggling with or something they need prayer about. And if we were not intentional with our connection, I mean, we would never know about that and how we can minister to them. And it's through the Holy Ghost leading us through those conversations to prepare our sermons, to prepare our messages into how we should minister to the teens. Well, and I'm convinced in today's time, you know, we have Instagram. Everybody wants to know how many followers you have or how many friends you have on Facebook. Uh, We are all going to connect, especially our kids. They're going to connect to somebody somewhere. And who those connections are, once a connection's made, sometimes they can be hard to break. And so it's just real important during these days to keep these kids plugged in to the church as much as possible. But uh, another thought that I had with this um, just this week, uh, in these times when we're by ourselves a little more, when we have time away from our normal circle of friends and influence, there's two ways that thing can go. One, it can cause us to be still before the Lord. And certainly we know in Scripture um, what a powerful time in the life of a believer when we're focused and just still before Him. But if a kid is not investing, or an adult for that matter, is not investing in their personal time and uh, and not in the Bible and not in the Word, not praying, uh, now it's not still before the Lord. It's isolated with the devil. Uh, And there is not a man that's ever wore shoe leather that taking him on -on one-on-one is going to win that battle Uh, and so it's so important uh, for us to push our kids and to encourage our kids uh, and give them outlets and resources to be able to to be before the Lord and investing uh, during this time in their relationship with the Lord I think that's excellent I think one of my favorite verses is in James chapter 4 and it says if we draw nigh to God he'll draw nigh to us right cleanse your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double-minded that verse there and I think that's totally important. I mean, right now, the devil, the enemy, is seeking to devour us. I mean, his main goal in every Christian life is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And right now, in a time of when our mind is going crazy, when things are not uh, going the way we think they should, the devil can creep in, especially in the mind of our youth group, those that might deal with depression and anxiety and fear. He can creep in in this moment and basically destroy them. Sure. And so if we encourage Uh, through our connection with them to stay true to the word i mean right now stay in the word heavily when they're closer to the to god when they're closer to the father they're they're kind of in the in the protection of jesus he's their shepherd so to speak and uh, it's just an amazing truth there when we stay close to him he guards us and protects us but when we wander from him even with our thoughts we're more susceptible to the devil to come in and destroy us and so i think it's important we preach through our connection for us to stay close to jesus well, I've been reminded several times as David comes back there and Samuel as he comes back uh, after the, the battle, expecting to hear the, the congratulations and the hugs from mom and the kids, along with all of his men, to find that the enemy has came while they were gone yeah. uh, and, and taken everything, taken their belongings, their families. Uh, and the men were so mad, you'll remember that they're ready now, the, the very people that David circle, his friends, his, his fellow warriors, they're ready to stone David. 
David. And, yeah. and in that passage, one of the things that stands out is this, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's so important in these days, as even as youth pastors, but uh, as believers, that we grab hold of that statement. Certainly, David's circle was gone. David's yeah. stuff was gone. David's routine was gone. But David still found power uh, in his personal walk with the Lord. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, that's so true. I mean, even in our life as a youth pastor, we're, we're still just as prone to the attack of the devil. Sure. And so I think it's just as important for us to stay close to the Lord during this time. All right, on to the next question. And this is kind of a two-part question here, so I don't want it to be misunderstood. How can parents help us as youth pastors during this time? And more importantly, how can we as youth pastors help parents in during this time? Because you know parents are facing uh, a lot of different stuff right now. I mean, having yeah. to be homeschool teachers. Some of them have been laid off from their jobs. And so how can we help them, but also how can they help us in playing a role in the life of their teens? Well, one of the things that we try to do, particularly with our smaller kids, is to uh, offer resources. You know, there's plenty of online resources, um, Bible stories, things of that yeah. stuff that we can we can offer. But one of the biggest pieces is by being communicators. I'm yeah. a, a big believer in not all of our communication is verbal. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, um, there are studies out there that would say 60 to 70 percent of our communication is actually through body language uh, and through tone inflections. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. when we're having to rely so heavily on technology, uh, depending on which platform we're using, uh, we may lose the body language. We may even lose the, the vocal inflection. And so we lose a big majority of our natural ability to be able to to realize and interpret what somebody's saying or more importantly, what they're feeling. Yeah. Uh, and so mom and dad uh, being at the house with them, you know, hours upon hours a day, when they see things going on or when a kid, um, when their own child even has questions or issues, sometimes letting us know uh, what's going on. So one, we can pray for them specifically, yeah. but then if the Lord opens the door for us to be able to talk to them about it, that's a really big help. Not that we're trying to replace mom and dad, yeah. uh, but God has put us here as a resource to ultimately help their child, help their family uh, just grow closer to the Lord. I think that's great. I mean, I, one thing I always email my parents is, especially at the beginning of the year, is I'm here to serve you. And so we're, in no way does the, the church replace the home, but I'm here to serve you. And so if there's anything I can pray for your teens about, anything I can do in the life of your teen to better help them serve the Lord, that's what I'm here for. And so I think that's vitally important. They're with them right now. And so we don't get to see that one in, one-on-one action and one-on-one time with them. And so they see where they're struggling as so they yeah. can come to us to help them. And I think On the flip side, you hit that one very well. I'll talk on the other side of how can we help the parents. And I think we we play a big role in that as well, as in kids right now, they're home with their parents a lot. And so just talking to them on respect and talking to them on honoring and just talking to them on, hey, do what you got to do, help your parents out. It's not an easy time for anyone. And so I think we can play a role in helping out the parents just as much as they can play a role in helping out us. Anything else on that? No, sir. All right, next question. Could this potentially grow our youth group and we're talking here spiritually and possibly in numbers. And so I think, I think so. I believe now more than ever, our teens' hearts are tendered to the Word of God. I mean, I believe right now, as I've had multiple text messages and multiple phone calls with teens about what is going on in our world right now and what is God doing through this. And so I think it's caused a sense of, I want to be in the Word. And so we talked earlier about be still and know that I'm God and that personal quiet time with the Lord. And I'll be honest, I've had talks with teens before that claim that they have absolutely no quiet time with God, that they never have devotional time with God. And I've talked to those same teens now throughout this, and it seems like they have a hunger and a drive for the Word of God. So talking spiritually, 
I think this virus and pandemic can have a large impact on our teens spiritually. And if that is the case, they're going to grow closer to Christ. And Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And so in that verse, it talks about as we know Christ more, not necessarily with a head knowledge, but we're growing to know Christ, his character becomes our character. And as our character is growing and we're becoming like Christ, sanctification there, uh, we're going to have a, a, a hunger for the lost. Our heart is going to beat for those uh, that do not know Christ. And so if that's the case in the life of our teens, while they're growing spiritually, we're bound to grow in numbers because our teens are going to want to witness more. Our teens are going to want to invite people to youth more. And so I think it has a, two, a twofold answer there. They kind of go hand in hand that if they're growing spiritually, they're going to do their part as a born again Christian to invite and to bring people to youth group. What's your thoughts? Well, I think the world in general, people in general, they're looking for something real. And, sure. and too long in youth groups and in the churches, we have become very, uh, we don't like to admit it, but very uh, programmed and, and what we do become very routinish in what we do. And right now, people are, are, as you said, many of them are digging into the Word yeah. and spending more time on social media listening to multiple preachers and pastors. Uh, and certainly, I think spiritually, uh, it's a chance to grow. Uh, and I believe if we grow spiritually, that will, as a byproduct, produce numbers. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was talking to a, a friend today and uh, I made this statement with him. It, it, the fact of the matter is, for years we've preached that church is important. We know that. Hebrews 10, 25 teaches yeah. us that. Uh, but the reality of it is, in the life of a Christian, the walk of a Christian, it is not the most important thing. Well, that sure. daily walk and, and what church should be ultimately is a cultivating and a gathering of of what has been going on in individual pieces throughout the week. Yeah. Uh, and too many times in the past, um, we have people in our youth groups and our churches that Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night, that is their church time. That's their God time. That's, that's it. And they don't yeah. have anything to, for lack of a better term, bring to the table uh, when they come to church. What happens in our churches and what happens in our youth groups, if now instead of having, uh, say you have a church of 100, yeah. what happens if instead of having 10 people that are invested in the Word and invested in their prayer closet coming to church, now you have 90 or 95 of those yeah. 100? I, I believe it sets us up in youth ministry and church, if people do that, to really experience revival when the church, when the body is brought back together, fully functioning as God intended it to. I think so. And I think what you said there about uh, meeting together is not the most important thing. Uh, you know Curtis Barbary. Sure. Uh, Dr. Curtis Barbary. He was the pastor here at Beulah Baptist Church for uh, numerous years. I mean, a major revival swept through this church under his ministry. And he put on Facebook today something that I think is very fitting. He said, if we cannot worship God at home, we cannot worship him in a church. Yeah. And so I think it goes back to uh, everybody's like, what's going to happen to the church? Well, we can, as we meet in our home, we're meeting in the name of Jesus. And if we're worshiping there, when we come back to church, I mean, and come back to youth group, the effect that it'll have there, if we have the proper worship at home in our car, in our prayer closet, the effect is going to be amazing when we finally get to meet together again. Well, and, and you think about this, sometimes we can make Christianity way too hard. Oh, uh, yeah. Jesus used parables. He used so many illustrations, you know, uh, the family terms he used to illustrate our relationship with us and the Lord. Yeah. Uh, but even the body of Christ and, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is uh, something very minor, a part of my body can go wrong. Something cannot be functioning right. And that yeah. part of the body not working, uh, if left alone, 
and, and if it doesn't get in line, if it's not treated, then it affects the rest of the body. And, and I'm just wondering if maybe this time it isn't God using it as well to open our eyes and, and to, to get us back to functioning and to working in the way he designed us to as believers in the church. I think so, and I think that's a great statement. I think that leads us into the next question. What is the best way to still minister to the teens during this pandemic, and how has this changed the way we've ministered? So we kind of already talked a little bit about this, uh, but I think the way we minister has changed, and what is the best way to minister? You want to lead us off on that one? Well, again, I think it's just put an emphasis on our personal walk with the Lord. I um, think so. Kids have to kids have to spend the time uh, in the Word and, and focusing on Him, making sure that our minds uh, and our hearts are pointed towards the Lord. And yeah. again, that gives us something to pull from. It gives us strength for today. Uh, it gives us the opportunity when we are able to get back together corporately yeah. uh, to be able to, to come in and worship as a, a full functioning body of believers there. For sure. I think for me it's kind of the same way, but, and it's caused me, as I said earlier, to rethink my whole approach. I think we must still saturate the teens with preaching and teaching from God's Word. I think that's vitally important in this day and even before this. Uh, they need God's Word. I know myself as a teenager, I mean, I needed God's Word, and so they still need that today. And so now, I mean, even now, if not more than we were before, we need it more now today than ever, saturating in God's Word. Now I was preaching through, before this all happened, through the book of First Peter with my teens, talking about, uh, you know the verse there in First Peter chapter 1, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And so the uh, chapters 1 and 2 of First Peter kind of have that theme of live a holy lifestyle. And so that was my theme before that. But I really feel like since we had to take this break, I've taken a step away from First Peter. And God has really been dealing with my heart to, to talk on things like depression and anxiety and fear. And because, I, as you say, you mean we, we get to know our teens. And so that, through that connection time, we start talking. And I know many of them have battles with depression and many of them have battles with anxiety and fear and I, i'm the first one to say i'm like that i'm a fearful person you know me as good as anybody i mean I, I'm, a, I'm a hypochondriac i worry myself <laughs> sick and so that topic of depression and anxiety and and all of that that's not thoughts of god that's not the spirit that god places on us he gives us sound mind and power and love and so i've taken the time to preach through a little bit of philippians chapter four and look there on what uh, Paul tells us to think about as Christians. And if we're thinking about that, our rejoicing is right. Verse 5 in Philippians chapter 4 says, Let our moderation be known to all men. Moderation there simply means our submission to the Lord. Right. And so that ties into what I was talking about in First Peter, uh, submitting to the Lord and living like Jesus during this time. And I think if our, our, our mindset is right, everything else is right. Our rejoicing is where it should be. We're submitting to the Lord. And that verse there, I believe it's verse 6, it says, worry about nothing, but pray about everything. And so be careful, be not anxious, but pray about everything. And I think that's been a major thing in our youth group's life, especially in my life as I've been studying that out. And so it's caused me to rethink my approach, rethink my style, as I talked about earlier, how I'm not preaching as long, but I'm being more intentional with my words and being more intentional with the sermons. Well, one of the byproducts of it as well uh, is it's given us a unique opportunity to have our kids involved um, with this as well. And, you know, this generation, uh, they they are more connected with social media yeah. platforms and have such an ability to send a message so quickly when we're doing Facebook lives, when we're doing Instagram, whatever the case may be, yeah. to be able to share that message uh, through the technology we have today. I think so. Going to the next question, could this better equip us to serve as youth pastors in the future? If so, how? And I'll take the lead on this one. I think the answer is absolutely. I think he is teaching us simple truths 
and causing us to fully rely on God right now. I mean, we cannot right now use activities, use gimmicks, use things to lure them into youth group. I mean, we all say we don't like to do that, but if we try to make our youth group appealing. And we try to want lost to come to us, but really we're supposed to go to the lost. And so right now I think it's causing myself to just rethink everything. And he's teaching me just simple truths about how to fully rely on God. And like I said earlier, I'm only in this thing, I've only been in this thing, what, two months, three months now, full time. I've been working with youth for three years now, but full time, two or three months. And in that time, I have the whole year planned out, activity-wise, uh, lesson-wise, what, where we're going to camp, what we're going to do, and everything's planned out. And right now, it's as if God has just put a halt that, and basically said, my plans are not your plans. And so I'm trying to rely on God through this all. And I think it's changed the way we are communicating the gospel. It's being more effective now. And when we go back to meeting in person, it will be more effective. And so through that personal prayer time, through that personal devotion time that we're pushing our teens to have, I think it has a larger impact on us as youth pastors as well. As we are spending more time, we have more quiet time, we have more personal devotion, and we're trying to do more now, probably than ever before, for the cause of Christ during this time when we can't physically meet together. Well, and you hit it right on the head. It, it's made us to focus on the, making the main things the main things. It put an emphasis, emphasis not just on our personalities and programs, but on the person of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. And uh, I, what I'm hoping as well is for our ministries and, and for a lot of others as well, that it has opened our eyes to maybe some new ideas, yeah. even after this pandemic's over, of how we can get to where kids are uh, and reach them and reach out in our community through the use of technology. For sure. I think, I mean, absolutely, it's going to better equip us to serve as youth pastors in the future. And because now we can say we've lived through this and we've ministered through this. And so if something like this was to come up in the future, God forbid, I mean, we've had experience. And so we can know better how to minister during that time. All right, last question for today. And this is kind of off the topic of youth, pastor, youth pastoring. But what is God teaching you and I personally through this? Well, um, the biggest thing is this, that God doesn't have to have me, yeah. but I've got to have him. Yeah. Um, God, um, God is, is our source of strength and our For source sure. of comfort uh, in these times. Uh, to be, as you said, more intentional in personal relationships and cultivating those, um, just to follow God's lead, uh, what he wants done, to be yeah. sensitive to uh, what the Holy Spirit's leading. And one of the things I find myself praying even more now is, Lord, give me discernment today yeah. oh, for sure. uh, and, and who to talk to. You know, there's, there's in our church, we've got about 200 members and, and thinking about um, not every day do I have time to call or, or text every person every yeah. day. But Lord, who would you have? Who needs it today? And try yeah. to be sensitive to that. Uh, and then uh, listening and learning from others. As we mentioned, uh, none of us have this thing figured out. No, uh, none not. of us have all the answers. And, uh, and it's been such an encouragement with you and many others uh, just to have sounding boards to get ideas, to learn from, uh, to see what's working. And yeah. uh, just, again, it's about reaching people for the cause of Christ. I think so. And I think through this, God is teaching me, I mean, a great deal of things. And as I said in the last question, I kind of got ahead of myself there. But my plans are not God's plans. And so as I have all of the year planned out, I'm seeing right now that God's put all that to a halt. He's caused us to slow down and just truly think on who he is and his character and what he's doing through this and how the gospel is going out. And I was listening to Kurt Scaly talk the other day. He's one of, one of my professors in Bible college and just a great mentor in my life. And uh, he, he said this, God is a three-mile-an-hour God. And oftentimes we try to run a marathon with God. But it's as if God is walking this slow pace through ministry, through life, 
and through your personal devotion. But so many times we try on our own plans and our own gimmicks to get ahead of God. And all the while, God's just saying, hey, slow down. Let me guide you. Let me walk you through life. Let me walk you through this phase of ministry. And so I think for me, personally as a youth pastor, personally as a Christian, it's causing me to just be slow. And I'm always, I, when I want something done, I want it done right then, right there. You know that with all this went on today. <laughs> and so I want things to happen on my timetable. And I think God is teaching me through his word right now that, hey, Travis, just slow down. Let me show you that I'm still God. I'm still on the throne. I'm still saving. And the gospel is not being silenced. If not, I think the gospel is going forth in greater power today than it was four weeks ago. Because I read a thing on Facebook, 80,000 churches live streamed their Facebook service two weeks wow. ago and basically shut down Facebook server. And so I, if we would just stop and stop looking at the storm that's raging around us, keep our eyes on Jesus in the slow, still moment, and we see how good God is and that he is still God, even in this difficult time, and watch what he can do through this. And I think we'll both sit back and be amazed at what God does in our youth groups and our churches through this. Well, ultimately, at the end of the day, like it was beforehand, but uh, it's just put an emphasis on it. The, the goal is that the name of Jesus might be honored, lifted up, and glorified. And he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto myself. And uh, uh, if we lift him up, make much of him, uh, he's still capable to, to go to where we can't, to work in the hearts of men yeah. in the ways that, that he sees fit. That's great. So I think right now, more than ever, our ministry, our purpose, our calling on our life is vital. I mean, in a world that's seeking answers, we can proclaim the good news, not because we know all the answers, but because we know the one that does right. know all the answers. And so I think that's, that ties it, that wraps it up here today. But our, our title is I'm Persuaded. And so through this podcast, maybe you've listened to it. Maybe you've heard something that you've never heard before. And so maybe today you're more persuaded to understand that God is able in your life to handle whatever circumstances. And I'm, full, I'm fully persuaded that whatever we are up against, we might not have the power to fix it. We might not have the power to handle it, but God is. He's able. And so if he's up against a coronavirus or a COVID-19 or a pandemic, God's still able, God's still on the throne, and God still has power. And so, Josh, I thank you so much for joining with me today on the second podcast, and I pray it's a blessing. Oh, it was a pleasure being here, and I uh, appreciate your heart and what you're doing for the Lord. And to all the listeners, thank you so much for joining in. I know we went long, but as I said in the beginning, I can be long-winded, and I know my cousin, he can be long-winded as well. Sure. And so thank you for joining in with us today. We're praying for you. God bless you, and may the Lord just be great in your life in these next couple weeks. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.